Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes with way different jobs, different lives, and a lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts. I'm PS McKay, coming to you from that awkward and self-loathing spiral of that time of year where I have a skeleton on my front door, but I need to go put out the wholesome Thanksgiving stuff. And I'm TT Catman, and I'm looking at about a half a dozen plastic pumpkins that need to go downstairs. <laughs> while, we, uh, while we get out the few fall, total fall theme ones mm-hmm. that uh, we have, you know. Oh, my God. You can keep a pumpkin out. You just can't have a jack-o'-lantern out. Remember that. No. Yes. If it's well, not a face, it's got to go away <laughs> November 1st. And, of course, Alex. without fail, on November 1st, all the Christmas stuff really started firing up. Oh, of course. I'm a huge Out Christmas here. guy. But I don't, I refuse, and I love Christmas music. I got like 500 Christmas songs. You know? <laughs> I'm telling you, I refuse to blatantly listen to them until the day after Thanksgiving. That's just me. I enjoy Thanksgiving. It's a nice holiday. I kind of like to keep my holidays separate. I agree. I agree. We actually got rid of our jack-o'-lanterns today because I don't know. I don't I don't remember when we put our jack-o'-lanterns out growing up, but I distinctly remember them lasting a good week out on the front doorstep. Maybe. I seem to remember carving them a few days prior. Yep. They were fresh and they weren't about to collapse on themselves. Right. Out here, you're lucky to get them out for 12 hours. We put we, we carved ours two days before no what yeah two days before four days before Christmas uh, Christmas my God four days before Halloween and I have to put the jack o' lanterns into our outdoor refrigerator mm. our garage refrigerator we have to keep it in there because as soon as it comes out I kid you not I put them out five o'clock Halloween night they sat out yesterday today at about. 11 o'clock this morning, I go out to check on them, pull open the lid, two inches of fungal fur underneath coated the and coated the entire inside. Well, these pumpkins go bad fast out here, man. Fast. It's not as much of a problem out here in Buckeye country, and it definitely wasn't a problem <laughs> where we grew up. No, no, it was yeah, where uh, we grew up. Sometimes we were wearing winter coats under our under our uh freezing rain uni- there'd be freezing rain <laughs> we had one or two of those too yep. treating with an umbrella like a jackass mm-hmm. yeah we got the captain picard here. didn't have an umbrella he didn't wear a jacket this is stupid <laughs> yeah that's because starfleet doesn't go anywhere in bad weather remember they're smart why do you think they're <laughs> <laughs> They're the dominant alpha the next quadrant. generation didn't even have jackets. At least the original series movies had jackets and stuff like that. Enterprise had jackets. <laughs> hey, Han Solo and company, they had jackets in Star Wars. True. True. <laughs> the first time you really see any sort of from like the from the end of like the uh, the original series movies basically until like Deep Space Nine when they had those desert uniforms. That yeah. I swore they only wore once on that one episode where Cisco tries to find the orb of the emissary. God, I don't remember that episode. 
that was the first episode, I think, of the seventh season. And they go to, you know, the wormhole's been closed. Oh, they had the, the, oh, you're right. They had the. Might have been the second episode now that I think about it, because. Because then it they was meet, the second or third episode. You're it was right. The second yeah. episode, because you know it's it's the same time Kira's having the standoff with the Romulans, and uh, they got brand new Ezri Dax there with them. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. She tracks uh, Ben down. Um, yeah, because she's having difficulty co- uh, coping with her new symbiote that she was never meant for. Exactly. So anyway. They did a little rehash of that in Discovery Season 3. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, God. <laughs> but it was a little bit of that and a little bit of um, the host from Next Gen because it was uh, a symbiote being put into the to the human. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, so. so you had good Halloween, though? We did. We had a ton of trick-or-treaters. A ton. Like, we nearly ran out of candy. We never run out of candy. We usually get maybe four groups coming up to our house every year. Last year, it was about three. This year, I counted it. It was at least 21 groups. Because I've got the ring doorbell, so I counted all how, the different how incidents. People, how many, oh, how God. many times did people come last year? Did you have a... Well, it's like a three, showing last year, three or four times, and they were in a little bit larger groups. They were in like family units, so, um, I mean, no. we gave we gave out candy to maybe to fifteen kids total last year. We didn't participate last year. I yeah. looked out the window, and there was definitely there were some people out, but not a lot. Mm. There was more out this year in the rain. No. <laughs> <There was laughs> Yeah, we when we went out, it was okay. Then it started to sprinkle a little bit, and we were like, "All right." And then it started to dump. So mm-hmm. we stayed in Aww. our. So we zipped back to our house, and kid and I threw on rain jackets, and I brought an umbrella, and we went back out because she nice. didn't get to go last year. So yeah. and as long as it wasn't thunder and lightning or torrential downpours, we did get some <laughs> decent rain. Where like. We saw people huddled under trees and mm-hmm. ducking, you know, waiting on somebody's porch for a minute, you know. Yeah, yeah. But around here, a lot of people just like the people who were handing them out. A lot of people just popped open their garage and had things set up in their garage, like tables set up. So they're handing nice. out candy. Unfortunately, the missus went down with a bit of a migraine. So mm. she went to bed. So we just put a bowl out. There were a few people who put bowls out. Yeah, there were more, definitely more than a few people who had decorations up and nobody there. Which yeah, was kind of misleading. Um, <laughs> it's I'll totally misleading. This, I'll say this. We went on the Thursday. We didn't go on. We didn't do it on actual Halloween around here. They prefer they don't really do it as much on the weekends. So really, why? I don't know. Huh. It almost seems like you should do it on weekends because the kids aren't going to school. Well, yeah, that, that, that would be my thought. Plus, traffic's a lot worse with people trying to get home <laughs> to take their kids <laughs> trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. But the, the most of the major towns in our area, it was like 6 to 8 o'clock at night. And we looked online. and So we kind of fought along with everybody else. And we had a good time. Do you know what good. my kid was? Um, Han Solo. No, 
she, as of course, is a big fan of the Mandalorian. We couldn't find a reasonably priced Mandalorian costume. Oh my god, yeah. They were super expensive. There were some decent Boba Fett ones. So she got Boba Fett. Ah. And with the helmet, which after a few minutes of walking down the street, she's like, Dad, I can't really see out of this. Yeah. I'm like, tough. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> when it started raining, I was like, keep it on. You're going to want it the rain hitting the helmet. But so what she did is I had this old map case you know, uh, canvas map case from the army that looks kind of, it's, it's, it looks like a satchel, you know, it's an over the shoulder pouch thing. And so it was big enough to fit our baby Yoda in there. So she got to walk around with a baby Yoda and <laughs> until it started pouring, I had, uh, wrapped on her wrist, a, 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 a small, uh, flashlight. So once she had a flashlight and two, she could do the whole nice whole thing. We originally, she originally had a couple of like squirt guns that looked sort of like Star Wars pistols, mm-hmm. which gets mm-hmm. when we went back into the house for the rain. We were trying to strip down to <laughs> the most essentials. Yep. She got more candy by just having that baby Yoda sticking out. A couple oh, of people sure. Like, Is that the actual <laughs> baby Yoda? She turns like, here, come back in another handful. So. Mm-hmm. We did less houses than we had done in previous years because of the weather, but there are a lot of people handing out a lot of candy, and hers tap topped off. She was not hurting candy. Good, good for her. I think there might have even been more houses in our in in the on the street we're on uh, than usual. It's either that, or I swear there was probably a lot of people who had more candy left over from last year and just tossed it in. Because you know, if you don't use it, just you throw it, in, you know, immediately you throw it in the freezer, and it's good. Right. You take it out like the day of and thaw, and it's good to go. Mm-hmm. Waste not, want not, <laughs> and don't gorge your face sometimes. Nope, that's it. That is it. Your so, kids had a good time. They did. They did. Um, McKay Jr. Um, he's been on a dinosaur kick for the last year and a half now, like huge mm. dinosaur kick. And so we got him to dress up in one of those inflatable suits that, that as a velociraptor, <laughs> which They're huge. seemed like a great idea at the time until you start using it in the real world scenario. <laughs> Yet he started having buyer's remorse. <laughs> it just because he couldn't he couldn't walk very easily. He couldn't see. He just. Eventually, near yeah. the end, I just I just had him get out of it and just bundled it up in a ball and had him carry it up to the last few houses. Be like, my my suit popped. I can't wear it anymore. Can you give me some candy, please? <laughs> so so he did that. And then um, uh, little Miss McKay, she uh, dressed up as a zombie cheerleader, which was completely from left field for me. She, I can understand cheerleader, but she's always gone for like the cutesy stuff. This time she went for some kind of like macabre, like zombie theme. And I'm like, all right, well, this is, this is interesting. And then, and then, and then she took on the qualities of a, of a, of a cheerleader, which was weird. Like, I'm like, I'm sitting here watching. Really digging that California Valley girl. Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, 
Oh crap! I'm in trouble. This is <laughs> settling out there. The, yeah, what, what am I gonna do? <laughs> it's okay. So uh, here are the last six Halloween costumes my kid had: Mandalorian or mm-hmm. Boba Fett or whatever. Ray. No, actually, I'm sorry. Last year was Baby Yoda. The year before that, it was Ray. Then it was Starfire from the DC Universe. Yep. Then uh, it was Wonder Woman. And then it was Supergirl. So she did three wow. years of Supergirls. Yep. And then three years of um, Star Wars. And the previous four were all cutesy little kid stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I had her in a pumpkin costume when she was like six months old. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think I'm, I've reached a turning point now, and uh, yeah, like McKay Jr. has even said, he's like, I, I don't know how many more of these Halloweens I have in me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on, whoa, you're not even in middle school yet. Hold on, you know, <laughs> you what, can milk though? this for at least a couple more years. He'll come back <laughs> around. One college, yes, that has a habit. That happens. College. Um, I'll say this in the in the army, we did have a couple of really decent unit parties. Yeah. Um, for I want in twenty sixteen in the fall of twenty sixteen, my unit did a tank or treat. Tank or tr- oh my god! Instead Is that like trunk a trunk or, or treat? Right. <laughs> we called it the fall festival. It started at like four in the afternoon, but allowed kids to get out of school and all the families, you know, families were invited. People were encouraged to dress up in uniform. My battalion commander, his wife and their kids all bought green. They bought the big uh, like foil aluminum uh, turkey pans. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. painted them green. And they all then wore like green pajamas. and They all went as Ninja Turtles. The four nice, tur- nice. Yep, walk around with these turkey pans on their back. <laughs> Me, the missus, and the little one were the super family. I have, I had a. Uh, it was a, it was a Superman workout shirt. Mm-hmm. I put it on underneath, and I wore a, a shirt, khakis, and a tie. Wore my glasses and went as Clark Kent. And when people were like, dude, what? Why are you dressed up? I just pulled back the shirt and tie, and there's the S pokey out, and they're like, "Nice, okay, I get it now. That was good. Yeah. I got, I got a few, a lot of compliments on that one because there's a way for me to just have what I had around the house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole spread. It's like <laughs> nice. People are like very good. I was like, this is what we call financially. Yeah, but it's we called prudence, around, and they had tanks you know and and other armored vehicles and whatnot and the soldiers had decorated them and you know they had soldiers manning like a half a dozen vehicles that all had a bunch of bowls of candy and then there we had rented an inflatable slide and the kids played in that and then we set up a tent and we let them walk around in the tent with night vision goggles on nice yeah so we did that for about an hour or so before we jumped in the car and drove the other side of town to my kid's school where they were doing an actual trunk or treat 
course, it was both <laughs> the same days, but at least the school waited till the evening so we could do both. And it was cool. But there's not the trunk or treats are cool. But you, when you have dudes, you know, tossing candy from the turret of a tank or when you got like an infantry squad coming out of the back of a bread. <laughs> With it has a certain just, je quoi to it. It's just a little different. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just, it was fun. It's, you know, it's just, you know, it's an overall better experience. We can say that. And I can't tell you, you know, because I helped out at my kid's um, Halloween festival on Friday. Um, and I can't tell you how many of those dinosaurs we, I, we saw walking through the class. The kids were allowed to, you know, Kids were allowed to go to class in their costumes, but in my kids' class, there was a kid in a dinosaur suit, and then a kid in an inflatable sumo wrestler suit. They're both like, <laughs> I can't sit down. So they're like, they're on their feet all day. Oh my God. <laughs> they're, down, they're bumping everything and walking the halls for their parade, right? There's just, there's like every, every class had at least one dinosaur. There was one that had a, the dinosaur, but it was made up to look like a dragon. So I hadn't seen that one before. Oh, that's cool. Oh, another one that was really popular was the alien snatching the kid. Yes, yes. There were that's a lot a good of those this year. So dinosaur yeah. aliens. Now we're getting into our sci-fi mode again. <laughs> and so, my good friend Mac, what is our title for this week? And this oh. was another deep cut, right? A uh, very deep cut. Such a deep cut that I have yet to see all the episodes myself. Not not as deep a cut as Space Above and Beyond, dude. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the real deep cut. That was the deepest cut so there is. Briscoe <laughs> yeah. was deep. Um, uh, but yeah. I feel like Briscoe is still is Briscoe still is simmering underneath the zeitgeist just a little bit more. But um, yeah, Bruce this Campbell. this this episode we're gonna yeah I know. Um, this episode, we're going to be reviewing Terra Nova, a little yes. known, a little known sci-fi action series that could de- debuted on Fox on Tuesday nights in 2011. I know. I got home from Iraq <laughs> to see the two-hour premiere. I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder if AFN is going to carry this in Iraq. And then I got. You know, then I was able to come home before it, you know, just before it started. I'm like, yes. Yes, here because we go. It was a Spielberg. So you, there was a lot of money. Yep. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of power behind it. The problem is he did the deal with Fox. And Fox never takes their sci-fi seriously. No, you'll get the X-Files, you'll get Fringe. And maybe that's about it. Most of I mean, or or the Fox locals technically syndicated the Star Trek shows and then yes, but they syndicated them. Right. Uh, the, so that was just free money to them. The deal. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I mean, what what they did to Firefly was was a crime. Ugh. And really. And I know that this 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 show Terra Nova was expensive to make. I got it that they they built that whole camp. Yep. And the, the effects, they looked really good. They're pretty good. You know what? And I, in my rewatch, they held up all right. So why don't you start with the premise of it? So what's the overall premise behind so the Terra Nova? The overall premise is it's 
I think it's like the mid 22nd century. So whereas in Star Trek, Earth is kind of in a bit of a, a rebirth after World War Three and they're going to the stars. Terra Nova is Earth is about to die. The air is barely breathable. People have to walk around outside with with breathing masks on to filter in all the dust because they basically strip mine the planet. And, and families you know, are only allowed to have one child. Two. Oh, is it two? Families are only allowed to have two children, population okay. replacement, essentially. Um, yep. And there are, I guess, there. They, they've talked a lot of bit, you know, how Babylon 5 has, everything was dome, right? Well, they talked about there being some domes and some orbital areas where the rich people, people with wealth, were able to survive and have a much more comfortable life. But if you were on the surface, it was pretty shitty. Yeah. And they discovered a... A, a a stable break in the space-time continuum. Mm-hmm. And they sent a probe back, and the data was coming back from, oh, jeez, oh, it, it's like 85 million years before. So it was an interesting okay. premise. Uh, 2149 is when it starts, Earth time. And then they... Okay. They go back 85 million years to the Earth Cretaceous period. So what they found is it's, it's in a parallel time. So it's not like they're going back and and altering history. Exactly. It's kind of it like their Avengers, history. It's kind of like that Avengers Endgame thing. It's like a, a, it created a branch or mm-hmm. like the Kelvin Universe kind of theory. So they go back in time and then they decide or. The, the big idea is that they're going to send pilgrimages back and they're going to create a colony to not only to give human humanity a chance to start over the Cretaceous period, because the estimates is that like Earth is a going it's going to collapse in on itself within like the next hundred years mm-hmm. on the surface. That was the plan. So there was a settlement built. They called it Terra Nova and uh they had all these pilgrimages. I think about a dozen pilgrimages had gone through by the start of the series. And the camp is, is well, it's really cool. It's called Terra Nova is the name of the colony. And the goal is to rebuild humanity. But the portal yes. goes one way. It only goes back from the future to the past. And people who are sent to go back are typically amongst the best and the brightest mm-hmm. you know they're researchers they're scientists they're doctors and they're trying to find all of these things now they can communicate with the future with i think they can send transmissions back to the future but they can't send um they couldn't send people forward back to earth or mm-hmm. of the of the 22nd century so it was one way for for objects, but it was the communication could go both ways. But apparently the portal only opens every so often. So they can't it's not like they have an open line of communication. They gotta wait till the portal comes in. And that's usually when they're sending more pilgrims back. And the main focus is on the Shannon family. I think they're from Chicago. And 
Uh, there's Jim Shannon. He's a Chicago police officer. Yeah. And his wife, uh, Elizabeth, who's a physician. And she's a, like bio and like bio, like a physician and biologist or something like that. Yeah, so, I think she was a physician. Right. So, and they have two, they have three kids, Josh, Maddie, and Zoe. And Zoe, they, they. The, the government her, doesn't know about Zoe. Right. And that, it, but that's kind of where the, everything kicked off at the beginning of the series is that they raid, you know, there's a, they have population police who go and knock on the doors and verify. And then, you know, because apparently somebody tipped off that there might have been another child. And they've been hiding this kid in the wall, you know, anytime they have these population checks. Well, hmm. turns out, well, they get caught. And the husband, Jim, even though he's a cop, loses his shit. And, you know, when the, these population police are trying to take the kid, so he, get, he, he brawls with the cops, he gets arrested and thrown in prison. And even though it's only a short sentence, most people don't live long in the prisons because they don't have medical care and they don't get the mm -hmm. filtered air as well as other people. So it's bad. His wife gets accepted to the Terra Nova mission and she's taking she's only allowed to take the oldest two kids who were there were legal, I guess. The, so she hatches a plan for Jim to escape and take the and, and grab their third kid and and try to break into what they call Hope Plaza, which is like the main headquarters that that holds the, the portal and that uh, runs yeah, the all singularity. The, yeah, it's like horizon. It's like your Starfleet command kind of thing. They, mm -hmm. they always refer to it Hope Plaza. So and basically what happens is he, you know, he's able to sneak out. He's able to get out of prison. Someone sneaks him out, and he's able to, you know, you know, he's with through some underworld contacts or whatever, and he gets to the Hope Plaza, and he picks up this backpack, which you, we later find out is carrying his youngest kid, who's like four or five or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And he's been gone for like two or three years by this point, so she barely remembers him. But mm -hmm. he's carrying her through, and all of a sudden, you know, he's tipped off. So he has to run, and he, he's dodging these people and gets into the portal. And, and here's something that people don't think about, right? So as soon as they get in, he's so overcome with the amount of oxygen that he basically passes out. And that's what <laughs> happens to most of these people is that they get lightheaded. It's kind of like how people tell you, like when you're on pure oxygen for like medical reasons or going to these stupid oxygen bars, you get all kind of woozy. Lucy. Yeah. So they're coming out of extremely polluted where you can't really walk around outside without an air filter on your face. Um, and then they're like stumbling around all these people. And of course, he gets arrested again because <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a fugitive. He's arrested by the camp commander. Uh, Commander Taylor mm -hmm. played wonderfully by Stephen Lang, the, the same guy who had the scars and the 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 Colonel military. Portridge yeah, from, on, on uh, Avatar. Right, and if you're a big, it was the same guy uh, basically. It was right. the same. <laughs> no, 
he was he was not as much of a dick. You're right. You're right. Taylor, okay. while he's a bit of a hard ass, is a he's generally a good guy, and that's what you kind of mm-hmm. learn through. He believes in the mission. He was the first guy through, actually. And he actually had to live like on his own for several months there and picked Setting out the camp and right. And so he ends up he's like the guy, you know, he's he's a little bit He's got a little. Uh, he does have a minor god complex. A little he's bit. Governor. Yeah. Well, he's the camp commander, so he's kind of a little bit of this. I found this place. I believe in it. This is the mission, and this is the way we're going to do this. Right. So I mean, basically, basic colonial uh, standings. Yeah. So the family gets in there. They get assigned their housing. Um, basically. When the guy gets there, when Jim Shannon gets there, he's like, hey, put me to work. Yeah, he's like, you know, and basically Taylor tells everybody, you have to work your keep here. You know, no freeloading or anything like that. Um, Because we there's, you know, there's not a regular supply. We have to farm. We have to Mm -hmm. collect water. We have to ward off against dangerous animals, which, of course, there are plenty, which is pretty fascinating. I will say this. There was very deep plot threads throughout the entire series, even though it was only like a dozen episodes or something like that. Yes. Yes. And they did. They did have a nice little. um, uh, Was it hanging thread at the end of the first episode where you saw writing on a rock that that uh, Tyler was trying to keep hidden from the rest of the uh, the group. Right. So as the series goes on, and of course you you will have the dinosaur thing, but that's it's more of a side plot to it. Right. The dinosaurs the dino- are there. And most of the time they're set dressing. You know yes. people being surprised that there's, you know, brachiosaurs like eating the plants off the side of the camp. Or what mm-hmm. you know, and of course having to be out with armed guards to make sure that, you know, at the at the when they had to go collect things outside, you know, because there are uh, dangerous carnivores. Oh, and lots. they did they did invent a couple of dinosaurs for them. Well, I wanted to talk about that because I thought that that was interesting because yeah. I was reading leading up to this, and I remember this article. This article came out right before the premiere, mm-hmm. and they were ta- they were. I don't know if it was Entertainment Weekly or whatnot. They're interviewing the 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 chief uh, paleontologist that was uh, consulting the the writers. Mm-hmm. And when he was told the era that this was going to take place, he goes, "Oh yeah, well that was a very healthy period of fauna, and there are a lot of dinosaurs that we don't know exist during that time, so we could have some fun with this." And, and, you know, put together some really fun dinosaurs that no one's ever heard of and probably mm-hmm. don't, don't exist, but they could, for all we know. The and slashers that, come to mind. The slashers, yes. And that freaking blew my mind. I had to sit down and realize, oh, my God, we probably only know like 2%, maybe, of oh, yeah. all the dinosaurs that ever existed. The fossil record is On the fossil record. Yeah. Oh, my God. I sat there with that realization going, we'll never know everything. 
No. So then they can have a little fun. The slashers, yeah. which were essentially velociraptors with like barbed tails. Uh-huh. Which were pretty neat. And they whip oh, yeah. it around almost like a stegosaurus. Yeah. Um, and they had Carnotaurus, which was like a, a T-Rex style animal that the horn. had some horns. A, cu- a couple horns. Yeah. Well, but I they also had standards. I know what Carnotaurs are. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they had a few other standard dinosaurs, ankylosaurs and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, that that was all CG. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a they had a base security force that, well, to be honest with you, their their body armor looked like stripped down uh, football uniforms. They looked like the pads, you know, there. But I enjoyed the show, to be honest with you, straight up. I was looking forward to it. They had uh, they had a solid cast. They have um, Stephen Lang, who, of course, has plenty of sci fi credit with uh Avatar, and supposedly he's coming back in the sequels somehow. But uh, he's pretty good, you know. And of course, I, I've been a fan of his because uh, he was in things like Gettysburg and Tombstone. Some great. Oh yeah, you would know pieces. him. Yeah, you would know him, wouldn't you? <laughs> hey man, he was awesome in Tombstone. I'm Dude, sure. almost almost killed himself because he, <laughs> he tried to play Ike Clanton drunk in every scene and he was literally shit faced literally oh god so he, he, was, he actually got hospitalized way. yeah he's oh, like geez. I went to method on this one <laughs> and quick funny note about uh, Tombstone was every principal actor save one grew grew out the, the facial hair for that movie huh and the only reason why the one guy didn't do it was that, you know, he had like a pre-existing project, so he kind of had to come in late, so he didn't have time to grow one. And he he always stated that he felt like a real douchebag. <laughs> Russell's was real. Yeah, that was uh, all. You know, Stephen Lang's, his facial hair was pretty much the same as he wore in Gettysburg, which was this big bushy <laughs> of tea, which was great. Um, you know, he was playing historical figures so you, you try to get it right um, mm-hmm. but he was he was really good as taylor you know he was he was a hard ass but he was a guy who really cared about his people took care of his people and it, well and there's a conspiracy because there all is. sci-fi shows have a deep conspiracy now so what i liked what i thought was interesting because so because i didn't watch it when it first premiered because unfortunately my TiVo could only record two shows at a time, not three. And Technology. of course one was the real housewives and the other was, um, uh, runway, you know, project runway, you know, stuff that I can't, I can't not let happen because otherwise happy wife, not happy life. Um, <laughs> you should have told her one fair is fair. You get to have one. I get to have one. Two people. Uh, two people. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Well, yeah, I'd be so, lying if I said that worked all the time. Yeah. So I was able to catch up on the first like four episodes on Netflix. And what I found delightful in the first episode after the pilot. So it could either be considered the second episode or the third episode, whatever. Yeah, the pilot was a two hour. Yeah. 
It was a true sci-fi show. They had the two-hour pilot, which is yes. So, so that first that first episode after the pilot, Mm -hmm. it was they noticed that the migratory habits of some of the smaller pterosaurs were coming in and invading their space, which was unlike what they experienced in the last two or three years. Right. And and then they're trying to figure this out. And then they realized, oh, maybe this might be their nesting ground, and they only come here every four or five years. Yeah. And we just came in right after the last cycle. And so then they realized this, and suddenly the entire colony was besieged by these small pterosaurs invading their homes and attacking them. and Violently. Violently, too. And it was it was a desperate, scary episode. It but was. But what it was I liked about it was it was a, a good standalone episode where I'm like, huh, they're confronted with a problem that's a little sci-fi-ish, and they come up with a really good scientific explanation as to why it's happening, and then they have this solution. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Star Trek. It was and pretty then- Star Trekky because it was it was the the they realized that one of the reasons why the the ground was so fertile there was because of all the the eggshells, right? Right, right. Right, but they had to come up with a way to try to get them to implant on a new location. Uh huh. That's what it was. It's been so long since I've seen that episode, but yeah. In all fairness, yeah. I did a binge watch last year, so it's more oh, fresh for you. Own. I've watched good it. You. Well, I watched it the full the the first time through. I bought some bootlegs in Iraq, or no, in Saudi, <laughs> in Saudi, and I watched them then. And then last year, I found I think they're on IMDb. I think it was that I was able to watch last year. It wasn't Netflix. It it had left Netflix, which is a shame. I know yeah. Netflix. Netflix was floated as as someone to attempt to to bring it back for a second season, as Netflix was just starting to get into the original pra- uh, programming back then. Yeah, I swear if it had, if it something like that happened now, Netflix might be all over it, or one of the other streaming services. I, I know, yeah. I, uh, that was back when Netflix was considered like the the hey you can save our show, as opposed to, you know, making their own stuff, which is all crap. Now, <laughs> some is, some isn't. Oh, most of it is crap. Most of it. The is Witcher's crap. good. I'm looking forward to season two of The Witcher. I'm 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 fine with respecting The Witcher. Not my thing, but I I'm fine with respecting it. It was well mm-hmm. done. Um. But but then then the, the the third episode or the fourth episode, um, they started getting into the conspiracy theory that was alluded to at the end of the pilot. Yeah. Um, and there was a separate scientific lab that they found off base. I'm not sure who found it. it was like the oldest boy of the Shannons. Um. And, no, and they then, went to and then out, is what it was, because they have several research outposts out there. Okay. Okay. That's what it was. One of one of the um, a research outpost went dead. Um, and it turns out that there was some sort of weird disease. It was a viral infected. outbreak. Right. Yeah. That which that actually was... hits a little too on the nose right now, but <laughs> but. And then they had that problem to solve, and they were trying to figure out what they were doing with that virus in the first place. 
Yeah. And no, of no, course, fill in the blanks because that's all I know. That's all I can contribute with that. But so, that was when they started the, the the conspiracy theory rolling that there was like this yeah. other group out there. Well, there was another group. Remember, there were the Sixers. These were people who came in on the Six Pilgrimage, who mm-hmm. were all essentially stacked by these Illuminati organization <laughs> in the future, who basically they're. They're trying to reverse the portal so that basically they can strip mine the past to help the people in the future is basically what it was. And so most of the people in the Six Pilgrimage, or a good chunk of them, were plants who were trying to, one, I think they were supposed to try to depose Taylor because they knew he was going to stand in the way because he was a true believer of the original mission Mm -hmm. and uh, try to get control of the colony and link up with because here's where the mysterious drawings were are done by Taylor's son who hates his father because his father chose well without getting into it he hates his father because he's blame he blames his father for the death of his mother you know one of those things you get those so you've got the you've got the paternal blood feud but his son Lucas is working for the shadow organization in the future mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure he's working on the calculations to open the portal both ways so that people you know an army can come in from the future take over everything and then it can start sending everything back it's the only reason why the an army hasn't come through yet basically right right is because they can't send anything back. It's a moot point. So, and and Lucas leaves these writings out in the wilderness to taunt his father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eventually the Shannon family get tied in. Like um, Elizabeth Shannon becomes like the the chief medical officer. She's the senior doctor. She works with an old college friend of hers, who's the the chief scientist. Who's had a schoolboy crush on her and occasionally pisses off her husband mm-hmm. with his uh, suggestiveness. But overall, a decent guy, Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm, you know, he's got this unrequited schoolboy crush, you know. But yeah, yeah, he's overall a good guy. They're all most of the people in the colony are working together. There are a few spies for the Sixers. Mira is uh, she's the leader of the Sixers, and she. What's her name? I'm trying to remember her name. Um, Christine Adams. Yes. She's got a great sci-fi cred. She was, she uh, had a couple of runs, uh, you know, you know, she had a recurring role on the early seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She ran the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. And then, of course, she was in Black Lightning as the wife of Black Lightning. Christine Adams in S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Does she have the red hair, the red streaks? No, no, no. That was Victoria Hand, and she got whacked early. Uh, no, you. she. Uh, uh, I always. Christine. I'm a big Agents of Shield fan. Love Agents of Shield. <laughs> who? Who? All right. I so can't who, so... remember her character's name, but basically, she. But she's been on some of these well-received sci-fi shows. She had a good, you know, she's got good sci-fi cred, and so does Jason O'Mara, who plays Jim Shannon the cop you know uh, 
nothing they like having an, an Irishman to play an Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> but he was also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for mm-hmm. a while. He was the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in one of the middle seasons. Uh, oh, and he was uh, Life on Mars, the remake of Life on Mars. Yes, you're right. Holy crap. Okay, okay. Where he's, like, I don't know, a cop from the 2010s who wakes up in like 1975 or something like that. Yeah, so he's That's he's got right. some he good side. Jeffrey right. Mace on Agents of Shield. He was he, the Shield director, right? He was, and then he ultimately sacrificed himself in the in the whatever uh, the Matrix. Whatever the Matrix. It was. it was. Let's just call it the Matrix for Matrix sake. But they had they had they had a different name for it, but that's what it was. The main frame. Matrix or the main frame. I think it was the main frame. Main Which frame was sounds pretty, more right. That was a pretty good. Um, plot because you got to see like a reverse and they they were able to bring back some dead characters for some yep. some and they had like there was the redeem grant ward arc that everyone had been asking yeah. for so it was it was a good run i I'll, I'll give that one a good run but yeah he was good uh, i liked him especially eventually taylor realized he needed a cop because all he has is soldiers so jim becomes the cop and he starts looking around for he uncovers, you know, there's a murder, and of course, what they do when they catch the murderer is banishment, right? It's it's very well, similar. You, you get some of those things. You'll see those in some of our earlier colonial stuff. People were essentially banished. You know, there was at times where people could choose like execution or banishment. So, so there's no why, jail. So why isn't the entire state of Rhode Island walled off? Yeah, we thought it. <laughs> We thought it was. We thought the Narragansett would take care of him. <laughs> history, history lesson, everyone. John, Will, uh, not John Williams. Oh my God, let me, let me hand in my Rhode Island birth certificate, please. Dude, it's uh, not the guy who wrote the theme to Star Wars and Indiana Jones. No, might as well have been though. Roger Williams banned from the Massachusetts Bay Colony into Rhode Island because of his alternative beliefs, if you know what I mean. And I think you basically, do. uh, Rhode Island, <laughs> <American> colonies. Yep. <laughs> Which, of course, we learned quite a lot living on the Rhode Island border. As true today as it has been since the beginning. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. As true today as it was since it was, as it was written. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, that, and every but, time a Rhode Islander leaves, they always go back. <laughs> you know, and I, I'll say this about Terra Nova The characters were pretty strong Yes I didn't feel like there was a pretty weak one I mean obviously when you have like a, a Six year old character In one of these things She's not a main character but She wasn't the know, focal point either She no, she, she, she was wasn't. a plot device Most of the time she was a plot device But you know You, you, you do have that cute kid In there which helps Mm-hmm. Uh, the the middle daughter is Naomi Scott, and of course she went on to huge things. Um, she was the oldest daughter, and she's the uh, she was Jasmine in the Aladdin remake, and she was in the oh, Power Ranger movie. Yep, yep. So she's uh, got. She played Kimberly. Yeah, she, I liked she, that Power Rangers movie, by the way. She uh, also. Uh, yeah, I watched it. I watched it. Whatever you liked the original. No, I didn't. I thought you did. No, that was my brother. 
Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one. Uh, there, there are two others. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> well, my friend, they had a, they, have, they had a solid cast. I, I, I really liked the cast on that show. Um, Terranova. Terranova, yeah, yes. really <laughs> cast. Uh, I mean, not only do you have, you had some people, you know, I mean, Stephen Lang was the name power, really. Mm -hmm. He was the most recognizable, but most of the others have had some pretty strong cred since then as well. Uh, But the acting was solid. More often than not, it was, the acting was solid. Um, And I did like, I did like, I did like the power. I I did, I'm going to, feedback loop. I did like uh, Dr. Shannon and her her role in everything. She was integral in figuring out the the issues with the pterosaurs, I believe. She, was she, she was not? It, 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 pretty much in almost any science or medical thing, her and Malcolm were it. They, those were the two, right? Um, yep. But, yeah, she figured out parasites. Uh, uh, she helped, had to figure out how to do the 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 virus outbreak in the third episode or yeah she was stuck the in third that or fourth one. episode yeah mm-hmm. so so they they you know the characters uh, of course you have the angry older teenage boy who hates his dad because he went to prison and abandoned them for breaking the law and then you know yep. comes back and tries to act like things don't change and he didn't want to leave because he was in love with his girlfriend and. He starts getting involved with the black market in there to try to find a way to get his girlfriend on the next pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. But he's also kind of getting involved with the other teenagers who there's a group of teenagers who kind of all live together in a, in a <laughs> pod uh, there yeah. uh, in, in Terra Nova and they all on different details. And he's he's got a, kind of this Will they, won't they, with this, you know, girls, the, essentially the adopted daughter of Taylor. Um, so you'll get a lot of ins and outs there. You got the tough as nail second in command, mm-hmm. Wash. I liked Wash. I didn't, I, th- I f- <laughs> thought they needed to give her more. Because she was, she was, you know, one of the, she's in the vein of that kind of Ripley, that, that, you know, you know the the late jet the later jet zia dax the star oh yeah the, or, you know. or what was the what was the yeah you're right everything you said is absolutely correct about wash yeah. <laughs> I, I agree i agree wholeheartedly i have nothing i have nothing contrary to add to that nor do i have anything to expound upon on that one. <laughs> you know and one of the things that i i, I liked was you know they had this guy you know, um, in one of the episodes, you know, I, I mentioned that a murder. You know, they had. Um, they banished the guy mm-hmm. and then Taylor eventually. Tries to give this guy a chance to earn his place back by having him infiltrate the Sixers and now having a spy inside their camp. So you've got a little bit of the political machinations and you've got the stuff coming from the future and then you know the season kind of ends with a huge bang and it's left on a cliffhanger where of course where they kind of make you think there's a lot more going on here than they even i think even anybody really knew (laughs) 
they left it on a great cliffhanger. I don't I don't know if we want to we want to spoil a little bit. Spoil it. I don't even know, and I'm asking you to spoil it. So then I won't for you because oh. it's worth it. <laughs> okay. The the season ending, I I thought it was a pretty good finale. To be honest with you, uh, I really was hoping that there would be a season two because there was a hanging chance. I found out that they had attempted to do one of those uh, digital comic books that they tried mm. to carry on a little bit. You can't can't really find them anymore. They mm-hmm. they had a few clips on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about? The digital comic books. They're essentially yeah, like yeah. But I think they're all piecemeal, so I wasn't able to really put together a co- cohesive one. But they were trying to find a way to maybe tie up a couple of the loose ends. Now, let me ask you this, because, you know, we're in the age now where outside of broadcast television, and even that has modified itself to to capture more binge like viewing right a traditional season used to be 26 episodes yep um 30 actually and then it went down to 26 and then uh you know now it's down to 20 for a typical broadcast season yeah most broadcast seasons particularly in a full series will typically fluctuate between 20 and 24 sometimes your sitcoms will be a little longer yeah maybe 22 but not much more than that anymore. Most of the yeah, most of the hour-long dramas are usually about twenty to twenty-two episodes. That you know, and you'll notice that. And of course, there are a few series that you know have like the fifteen, whatever mark, right. or like you can tell that they do this with like. I, I think with, with the nine one one series, so you know that series started off. I think it was like 10 or 12 episodes. Yep. It was a mid, mid-season mid one. And then the second season, I think, was maybe only 15. But the next couple of seasons, I think, maybe got up to about 20 episodes. But right. Lone Star, its spinoff, I think is only hovering around 10 to 15 episodes. And it's like when you watch, um, if you watch the, uh, the uh, Arrowverse, most of the, mm-hmm. most of the main series usually float around 20 episodes but legends of tomorrow i think generally really only does about i think it tops out around 15 usually right well my point is here's my thought um the the season finale which was 11 episodes 12 if you split the for the pilot right they listed as 13 so i don't know if they split the 13 They might have split the pilot. So 13 episodes, which is not technically a full season, but it ended on a cliffhanger. Right. Indicating that that was the season finale. Yeah. And then we're expecting to come back. But but here's the question. Were they expecting to come back in the spring or were they expecting to come back next year? Because now it's all like 10 episode seasons, especially with digital. yeah, well, and it saves money, especially with effects le- uh, heavy uh, shows and location shows. Which yeah. this was in Australia. It was in it was in the outback, and they had a lot of digital stuff with a lot of yeah. practical sets. So, did. do you think? Uh. Do you think 
that them trying to do that. Now, it all comes down to ratings, right? I understand that. So I think it was supposed to be a shorter series because of the money. You know, right. Go ahead. So, I mean, nowadays you have like people, oh, even on broadcast television, you know, getting into December is like the mid-season finale. And then you wait like a month, six weeks before you get to watch a new episode, right? In mid to late January, you know, and depending on who has the Super Bowl that year, maybe even February. Right. So you'll, you'll get these. You know, they've done a lot of that, like we were talking, like even with a full series, sometimes you'll get like 10 episodes in the in this fall and 10 in the spring. Um, but then you'll also have series that are basically designed to nowadays, even on network TV, you're getting series that are generally designed to only be like a half half a year. Right. And you're getting that and you're not they're not starting in January there. You might not see them again until the next September, something like that. And sometimes it's because of, you know, uh, filming restrictions or I swear it, it definitely feels like it's a way to cut to save some money. You know, you have shorter seasons. You might have stars who are heavily involved in other concurrent projects as well. Sure. Because now, nowadays you're seeing a lot of people going back and forth between TV and, and movies more than ever before which was never done ever no you were a tv they, actor once you hit tv once you hit tv you were ruined if you were unless, a movie actor unless you were big coming up as a tv star and then you could make the jump right but then those, you never went back to tv very rarely <laughs> maybe an odd guest appearance or something like that. right and Get then back. if you if you faded out then you might end up back on tv that's kind of the way it used to be now with the price of some of these shows now you're getting heavy hitters i mean like before his fall from grace kevin spacey doing a tv show who would have thought of that right Mm-hmm. yeah or e- yeah. even look at something like 30 what, what was that with... show he did was it evil or no he did house of cards kevin spacey oh oh sorry i was thinking of kevin bacon because <laughs> he did a show on fox on broadcast tv he did it, no, but it was something like that. It was like, like a, disturbed or or yeah, it was like he was like tracking serial killers. Yeah, but, look, but then you got the HBO Same limited thing, series like True Detective, where you have Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson doing a se- mm-hmm. season of that, or you know, I mean, Kevin Costner doing Yellowstone. Yes. Which is a god good damn show, by the way. Yeah, it's on my list of things to get to get into. Or John Krasinski doing Jack Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. Of these streaming services, particularly, you know, like we said, short production, you know, shorter seasons in numbers of episodes, higher production value, higher salaries, you know, because the streaming services. And I think Terra Nova was definitely a show that should have been a streaming service show. When you think about it. Yeah, Short but that was season, right before. I mean, the, the only streaming show they had at that point was Lilyhammer. <laughs> Netflix. I, 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 <laughs> but you're right. You're right. It, it was. Just, it just came at that one time when it just came at that one time. Again, we always talk about these shows that 
had so much potential, but they just came at the wrong time. Briscoe County Jr. came at the wrong time. Space and Bubba Beyond came at the wrong time. Uh, this literally came probably four or five years too early. Honestly, it could have even been as early as two years. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, it's the, that shaven. So my original point in bringing up the idea of the shorter seasons, yes, it was to, to you know, put more production value per episode. But and, and my question is moot because it all still comes down to viewership in this circumstance. But right. do you think it would have hurt the show? that it was such a short season and they only aired from like the fall to January. And then the viewers had to wait another eight months before it came back on again. And that's, that's an unknowable question, right? I mean, but well, you know, but Battlestar did that and Battlestar did that on sci-fi, a, not a particularly large, uh, you know, hugely watched uh, network. But they didn't have as big a gap. They had they had the the fall season and then they had the spring season or the winter season. But don't forget, it was like a year and a half between what season three and season four. No, it wasn't was it? Yeah, uh, I got to go to tape on that one. They had a, I I, I want to say there was like a huge gap between one of the seasons. I'm going to the tape. I'm going to the tape. Let's see. So season three, Bill October six. Okay. <laughs> We're going to the tape. So season three was October six to March twenty fifth of oh seven. Yep. And then it was a year. Son of a bitch, you're right. Look at you. So what the did, hell did... happened to me? Oh, I got married in that middle <laughs> in that middle period. So, so did I, I actually. Distracted. I got married in that middle period too. <laughs> um, I and I and I did, in fact, was able to get my spouse on board with Battlestar. Yes, yes. Because it was in much like how Terra Nova, the dinosaurs are more like set dressing and it's more background. Hmm. So was the uh, and really with with Battlestar, most of the sci-fi stuff was more background because it yes. was all really human problems. Well, it, isn't that what isn't that what the better better shows are? They talk about human problems in, a, in an extraordinary condition, right? Like and Star it, Trek at its best does that. Yes, and, and Discovery unfortunately reverses that. <laughs> they they talk about the greater condition rather than the humanity, or because I don't they don't talk about humanity in 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 a humanistic way at, in any way. But yeah, and I'll say this: I think they went too heavily. You know, I mean, look, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: from a soldier's perspective, even though I didn't really like the first season Discovery all that much, when you are in a slugfest like that. There is a lot of darkness that comes with it. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, and they touched base with a little, a little bit with it. And I think they did a better job touching base with PTSD with uh, what's his face when he came back from the dead. Uh, well, as every documented soldier that's come back from the dead has done with, dealt with. Yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> anyway. 
Culver, that's it. Because yeah. he became like at, when he it's season three, he might have been my favorite character on the entire show. Uh, he still is. In season still three, still my favorite. He's 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 the most believable character out of all of them. The Doctor, well, right? I, and I enjoyed him in the first and second seasons, but I really really liked him on the. I would have followed the series revolving around him if he was spread the way it was in, in season three. I, I was really sad to see him die in season one. I, that that upset, was shocking. And there were not a lot of things that I enjoyed or were over emotionally attached to in, in season one of Discovery. Well, him, I was. And yeah. which which took me by surprise because he was never intended to be that kind of character. No. At all. But you got you got to give it to the actor for being able to portray that humanity. Oh, yeah. And of course, there was a lot of calls that Star Trek was falling into the barrier gaze trope with him. Barrier gaze. What do you, hmm? If you go back and look through a lot of history of TV, particularly in the '90s and early 2000s, a lot of gay characters were killed for plot contrivances. Oh, really? Like yeah. what in Star Trek? No, or just in, overall across TV. Oh, go ahead and look up bury your gaze and 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 you'll see. How do you spell little... it? <laughs> I, I'm not I'm, I'm being genuine. Like, is it G-A-Z-E? No, or... no, like every word like it sounds bury your gaze. Oh, bear. OK, I'm thinking of barrier like oh, a wall. Bury. G-A-Z-E. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, God. That is dive. morbid. I'm not going to look that up right now. Holy don't dive, hell. Don't dive into that because we have no. to get back on track to finish our... our... <laughs> I, ran, I ran out of the stuff to drink to, to get that. Ugh, no, I can't. No. Yeah, me anyway. too. I'm empty. <laughs> well, that just means we need to wrap it up. I guess it does. <laughs> uh, okay. So how many episodes did you actually see of the show? Four. I saw four. It was up through most of the the uh, virus one. Which because I think one. it was I think it was during the virus one where they were dealing with the slashers as well. Where the, the, the son was with the teenagers and they were stuck in a, a No, that was that was in the pilot. Was that on the pilot? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it was part of it's the, it was the two-hour pilot, so. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. The first half of it basically revolved around them getting to the past. Getting there and then, and then having to ingratiate themselves there. I got it. Yep. So I, I saw it like three and a half episodes. You, I, I, I tell you, the more you get into it, I think you will... Enjoy it. I well, it is I available did. on IMDb slash Amazon Prime. That's how ads. I watched it in the fall. I, okay. I I I did that. I binged it. It was it was awesome. Um, it is a show as I've said. I've rewatched several times. Uh, it it has been enjoyable for me every time. And every mm-hmm. time when it ends, I'm angry that there's not a season two <laughs> because I thought it was a, a well-written show. I thought it was a well-acted show. The special effects, for the most part, hold up all right uh, to, to, to today's. It's not bad. You know, you have Steven Spielberg behind it. OK, he was an executive producer. Yes. So 
you had a lot of firepower coming in. Plus, not one, but two Star Trek uh, writers as as showrunners and executive yep. producers. Brian Braga and Rene Echevarria. Mm-hmm. These guys, I think, did a pretty good job with it. I think uh, so, too. Actually, we need more shows by these guys. <laughs> we we just do. We just do. So, okay. So, on the... Um, uh, I'm trying the to think of The conspiracy really gets very scale, interesting. Because I think I probably tipped a hand to where you were in the series of, of what's going on, but... There's there's some really good stuff that come out. The, the, the conspiracy is really the, and while we talk about it, it's like the underlying theme of the whole thing. It's it's the there's a Taylor and most of the people who came to the past are are trying to save humanity and build a better world. Okay, in the past, being more working on communities and and working together. If you want to eat, you got to work, you know, building a new, a better life from what they had. And when it becomes obvious that there are people who are trying to, we're going to try to exploit the, a, a pristine world. Then the protagonists of the show become really involved with protecting that. Okay. Not let it be strip mine for the future. I got gotcha. you. It's already dying. So it's, yeah. it's you know, there, there's a little bit of that Star Trek optimism for a better future. So, but it also, you know, I, you throw in the dystopian future in there at the same time. <laughs> I want to bring up one thing that I actually wanted to bring up early on. Go ahead. But I didn't yeah, want to interrupt you. Um, and this is this is what I call the penalty of knowing too much. Um, and and I'll give you this example. So whenever a movie or a TV show invents a new element, it's supposed to be like this be all end all like savior of everything, right? And they're holding this new element in their hand and they're passing it around. They're putting it into immediate use and it's completely stable. Mm-hmm. Those characters would be dead of cancer within the next two years. Usually, yes. <laughs> because every new element is radioactive. Any element over definitely 94, but I'm pretty sure most elements over 84 uh, are radioactive. But they never talk about that. So Tony Stark's Savior and Grace element that he made in Iron Man 2, he'd be dead of cancer before Endgame. So... <laughs> But he already almost died anyway, so I mean, <laughs> he would be dead of cancer before Endgame. Uh, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be sepsis. It would be cancer. And by the way, blood toxicity—it's called sepsis, guys. It's called sepsis. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway. grumpy. So that being said, you want to know how I know that we would never reach the scenario in the United States. That we would have to mandate at most two children per family by twenty one forty seven. 
we are already at a fertility rate of 1.7 per couple, which is below replacement level at this point. You're looking at him. <laughs> I'm looking at my brother. Uh, we are at exact, me and my wife are at exact replacement point, which is technically not replacement level. You have to have more than two to have replacement level. But th that's my point. Like, population in the first world is not an issue because in every first world westernized country, populations are going down. Fertility rates falling through the floor. And therefore, therefore, we wouldn't be having as much pollution problems because we would have less population. Yeah. Let's mm. forget these uh, uh, monstrous <laughs> these population explosives. These, these sticky details? Have, no, the sticky details of other countries that that don't have the same kind of... But that's my point. Every, every country... Regulations gets... on pollution. True. But those countries are getting more modernized. And the more modernized they get, the lower their fertility rate gets and the cleaner their environment gets. It's a slow process, but they're working on it. And it's going to happen. Trust me. Fertility rates in Africa are already going down. Southeast Asia, most fertility rates are beginning to go down, too. Yeah, go to the Middle East and you'll find the other way. I, well, the Middle East is in an entirely different situation, isn't it? It's it's like one 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 of the most richest, uh, richest areas in the world. And here and you go 300 miles this way and it's the most destitute of destitute. You don't even need to go 300 miles, my friend. I'm, you're right. I'm just trying to, I'm just, because I've never been there. I don't know. <laughs> and nor, nor will I ever be. So. <laughs> oh, well. But this is me, this is me crapping on the point uh, this time. So, <laughs> and I think that's a good point. That's a good point to end where I crap on your point. <laughs> Before we get to that, I just recommend this. This is a show that. I think you will enjoy when you go to the finish mark. It was definitely, as we've said with the other two shows that only got one season, is a show that definitely had a lot of potential for success in seasons two and beyond. Okay. Yes, I agree. Um, and I will say this: of the other, of the other two, of the three that we've discussed that are only one season. I honestly think that Briscoe County Jr. is the only one that you could say wrapped up its entire story arc in the first season. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of a product more of the time. You know? Right. Well, yeah. But he was able to do this whole season of 26 episodes. Yeah, he had a full episode. <laughs> yeah, but Space thing. Above and Beyond, I think, was about a 20-episode season. But yeah. they were pushing for season two, so it was Terra Nova. And you want to know what the common denomination with all three of these shows are? Fox. Yes, Fox. They were all Damn Fox you, Fox! <laughs> They're all Fox shows, and they all had at least an element of sci-fi. They're they're so Fox is so ambitious, yet they're so quick to just pull the cord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I and I'll say this. Terra Nova is a show that could get rebooted, or even you could even 
extend it. Uh, you could, I you think could you restart could fire it. up a second season pretty easily. Yeah. If you could get people behind it, because the fans that I, I've, I have occasionally seen just things pop up where people go, man, I would like if you look at a YouTube clip or, you know, I, I found out that it was one of the more requested bootlegs uh, when I was in Saudi that first time. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, people keep looking for this show. So I, <laughs> I, asked, I asked for it to be made. Mm-hmm. And I got myself, he's like, well, you want, why is everyone wanting this show? It's been off the air for like five years. It's like, look, dude, dinosaurs. <laughs> They're pretty cool. <laughs> it's an American thing. I don't know. It is an American thing. But it was, All right. I think we've, we've covered this pretty well. Terra Nova, another show gone way too soon that, uh, our, that, really fed our our nerd uh vibe really well actually hulu could take this up because it's a fox property it all depends on all depends on who owns the rights i mean if it's still it it, it, did it get passed over with the disney buy oh you know it might be a universal property i gotta double check and we'll check it later anyway Anyway, I agree. I, I, I felt like uh, Terra Nova was a missed opportunity that I never had the opportunity to really enjoy. And then I did. And then <sighs> I like to end a show on a huh, feeling. So on that note, <laughs> that's the ultimate ending. And until next time, until then, you guys keep dreaming and we'll keep working. So long, everyone. We'll see you on the high ground. Take it easy. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by AlphaSight Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information. 